Three, two, one. F it. We're doing it live, but it's not live. This is pre-recorded. This is Sardonicus. <laughs> I'm Adam from Your Movie Sucks. That was a quote from Sir Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly. I believe he's uh, knighted. <laughs> yeah, classic. Yeah, Disgrace. I was going to, you know, I'm totally fine saying the F word, but YouTube doesn't like it within the first 30 seconds for some reason, yeah, or else it puts beginning. you into this category of like not acceptable yeah. for ads. So sorry if everybody <laughs> felt like a baby for a second. But YouTube wants you to be babies, so <laughs> who else is here? I'm Ralph the Movie Maker with Fox News. Oh. <laughs> and I'm Alex Maichi. <laughs> yeah, let's do it recorded, guys. Yeah. No Fox News. I watched like a documentary. It was on Roger Ailes. Oh, okay. And like it's about like how he's like a crazy person. You know, he's Roger Ailes is <laughs> the guy who founded Fox News. It's about like how he like carried a gun in Central Park, got arrested for oh. it. Like people he harassed. No. Like it's like, wow, okay, so this is the guy who started this shit. That makes sense. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh. You know? Yeah. American. Uh, not to get producer. off topic. Oh, it was on topic. Yep. <laughs> this is a week later. How's your Brovid doing, yeah. Alex? My Brovid is long COVID. Oh, great. Um, I've been fine for like ages now. Um, awesome. No, it's, it's what I was saying last episode. My recovery time was real quick. It was just then isolating for a safe amount of time and everything. That's and, great. Yeah. yeah, I feel fine now. Mm-hmm. I hope Thank you don't God. get it again. Well, touch wood, I guess. Or if you do, it's even better. And it, if you get it enough times, it'll give you strength. It'll just keep going past. Well, at least it will be, there'll be some humor to it. The guy who's had it three times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At some point, it gives you superpowers if you get it four times. Mm. Yeah, I've been back from Vegas for about a week. What's funny is the per- well, the person I went with, one of them, had a cold. And we knew it was a cold because he tested negative before the trip and during the trip and after the trip. And mm-hmm. I actually caught that cold. And I only had symptoms for like a couple days. And I tested myself regardless anyway because i wanted to make sure that it's not brovid and yeah i tested negative so <laughs> it's kind of funny that i caught a That's cold <laughs> but it's part of what makes it so complicated though isn't it it's yeah. trying to distinguish because this is yeah. the same well, i think i think the telling uh, indicator is just like fever like if you have a fever and like loss of taste and smell like those are the two yeah the taste thing is pretty distinct yeah so we all saw the green knight Directed by David Lowry, oh. the acclaimed director of Pete's Dragon, but also Ghost yes. Story. Ghost Story. Yeah. I love the Ghost Story. Actually, I'd watch that again. Mm. Do you like it better than this? Oh, of course I do. But I, I think oh, you yeah. like this a bit better than me, Ralph. From what I've seen in your ratings, so. yeah, because I did not like Ghost Story. That's like oh. one of my more controversial. Okay, cool. I just think it's kind of slow. This, this I love. Interesting. Green Knight's much more up my alley. I, I love this movie. I thought it was great. interesting that you use the word slow for it too, because I would say that for the Green Knight. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, there's no scene of like the Green Knight eating a pie like in a kitchen. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, in terms of like purpose of like a ghost story, I I feel like I feel like it was a bit more like experimental and like non traditional storytelling sort of thing. Whereas the sure. Green Knight is kind of packaged as a traditional like adventure story, you know. And so, sure. like, the, the slowness. Yeah. And I, I, I think I wouldn't mind the slowness as much for the Green Knight if mm-hmm. I was attached to the characters, which I just wasn't. So that probably didn't help. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I love, like, the uniqueness of the director's, like, style. I yeah. think in both of those movies. Yeah, very nice through. looking. And, you know, very Green Knight, yeah. it really made me feel like I was watching kind of a fairy tale mm-hmm. or, like, one of those fables. or And I really felt like that 
the whole movie. I felt like I was watching a fairy tale. I think that's I think that's really what we like. That's what gravitated. Me I kind of it. felt that way watching like a ghost story. <laughs> you know, it was like kind mm. of like a fable kind of movie. You know, sure, I get that too. How much do you guys know about the whole sort of Camelot lore and these characters? Zero, and King none, not and, really. Yeah, I'm kind of with King you guys, Arthur, right? Merlin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's based off the you know the poem written by Anonymous. It's kind of just been shared through time. It's one of those timeless myths. Anonymous um, was hacking poems in the past. Yeah. Dude, yeah, it goes <laughs> deep, man. The, the conspiracy never Anonymous. ends. I didn't know they had 4chan <laughs> in King Arthur. Yeah. <laughs> They're hacking. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit in between you guys where uh-huh. I was very impressed with the, the visual presentation of the movie and that side of it. And it seemed very meticulous and just the intent of everything was there. But I kept finding my mind wandering at certain points despite what I was seeing was so impressive. I was... I was struggling to connect with certain beats of it um despite how much i was enjoying certain sequences certain scenes and the basic premise i do enjoy quite a lot this green knight character and what he represents and what it forces the main character to go through is a fun kind of mystery adventure journey to go on but at the end of it i gotta say i'm still i'm still trying to break it down and figure out what the the overall message was uh I know, I'd like right? To get into, I do have my yeah. It's it's uh, very dense in terms of what it's giving you um, visually, um, but without a lot of explanation as to what a lot of it means. There's a lot to interpret, I suppose. Yeah, um, and it does take different directions from sort of the original poem and certain messages that come from that. Uh, I made an effort to try and read this original story and try and compare the beats, but. This this whole Camelot law thing it goes so deep it's really difficult <laughs> sure. to know like where what it's like de- trying to deconstruct and what themes it's exactly like precisely trying to explore so my my overall enjoyment was fairly high I'm just kind of still trying to break down what it what it means to me and if you know w- where it lies in in that regard because yeah I'm kind of with yeah. you with the, with the characters there is. It's kind of more esoteric. It's about like the <laughs> well, my 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 big takeaway from it was this whole idea that the Green Knight is this unavoidable oblivion, this Mother Nature, like life and decay idea that's set a challenge in front of him, and he spends most of the movie kind of half addressing it, half running away, and at the end, it's him finally coming to terms with his own doom sort of thing with the yeah the final confrontation with the knight but his own mortality his own yeah exactly spoiler alert everybody we're doing spoilers oh sorry oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't know how to talk about this without yeah, spoilers sure, spoilers. <laughs> sure. we didn't yeah. really say much in my review i didn't really leave yeah i didn't say much spoilers in my review when mm-hmm. i posted it it's uh there's definitely themes of honor it's definitely about honor yeah and your your know your status and wanting to kind of Put your place in the world, like make your mark in history, right? And be yeah, remembered. He's like something royalty. Great. He wants to prove himself, right? Yeah. And how all that's kind of just a sham. <laughs> it's just a farce, really. <laughs> and I think that's kind of what he learns on his journey. Yeah. Each one of the characters he meets like brings out something different from him, um, and and as to the kind of adventure aspect of it, like when he meets, and the they guy. show him that he's not really a brave knight at all. He's just like. 
he's really just like a, a boy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, he, he doesn't he really, doesn't know, really what know what he's going up against. Mm-hmm. And he's no, you're right. he's facing his own death, really. Like he's going to die. The movie doesn't make any, you know, the the blow that he put on the Green Knight is going to be returned in that same way. There's no mm-hmm. like, the movie doesn't shy away from that. And I don't know. Maybe it's about like we're all going to die and we're hurtling toward our deaths. It's right? an act and it's us trying to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> make make our place in the world yeah. and find some kind and of coming to peace know, with it. Do something important. Yeah. It's definitely something along those lines. I've only seen the movie once, yeah, <laughs> but there's I definitely, definitely something going on there. It's not like uh, it's totally up in the air for me. Like it's definitely about honor. It's definitely about this character who thinks he's supposed to do something honorable, and then over the course of this movie, he learns like he's just a, he's a man. He's you know a man. he comes in a rag <laughs> in a really pathetic scene. Uh, I, I love this movie too because it was very challenging and it had scenes like that where like Dev Patel would come in a rag. And that's not something you get <laughs> yeah, out of like yeah. Free Guy or yeah. something. You know, <laughs> this is a big summer movie, and it's got like challenging themes, and uh, it's grotesque and it's violent, and it's about like sex, and it's gross at times. It's, it's you know, it's it's a, there's a lot going on in this film. I think it makes it very unique, especially for like when it came out mm-hmm. um, around the time of Jungle Book or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Yeah. I think that's A24 too. Like A24, uh, yeah. They make great stuff. (laughs) Yeah. I would like to experience what they're going for thematically in a different story or just one where I cared about the characters, you know? Because, like, there's a lot of icing for me, Mm -hmm. but no cake. I'm struggling to find something that, like, really pulls me in, that really connects me to the narrative taking place. And even if you want to make something that's like really non-traditional um, in terms of a narrative, like ghost stories in a, a, a ghost story is an example of that. My favorite movie, the Holy Mountain is an example of that. Right. I just didn't feel mm-hmm. like what I was getting out of the movie was all was, was so significant to, to make me want to return to it and figure out more about it because this is kind of a multiple watch movie. And my favorite films are multiple watch movies, but there has to be something on that first watch to make me want to see it again a second time. Um, not just exactly. the feeling of not fully understanding it. That alone doesn't really bring me back. And it looked beautiful. Mm-hmm. I loved the look of the movie. It's incredibly well shot. Like, just very, very perfect looking film for the most it's part. stunning. The music yeah. I particularly love, too. Uh, mm. It fit the tone of every scene. It was just so appropriate for what it was going for. And yeah, even the pacing, you know, I found it slow, but I could handle that kind of pacing in a movie that gripped me more. But this just, I I didn't like any of the characters. I didn't relate with any of the characters. I didn't find any purpose in any of the characters or the story it was telling, really. And I understand that, like, every single scene is just like, oh, a new character shows up and it's what he gets out of that experience. But I didn't get anything out of that experience. And every time a character <laughs> showed up and left, I was like, oh, well, that was kind of fucking... I didn't get anything out of it. I just... I didn't see the point. Yeah. And so... I think the adventure yeah. aspect keeps you going through it a lot. I, I didn't get much of an adventure out of it. That's the problem. <laughs> is it kind of packages itself that way. And I was really hoping for something more. And I understand this is A24. And this isn't like a gigantic budget film it's a very it's a very i think a medium budget film what is the budget on this it which is good yeah let's see i I don't know but it looked like i wasn't thinking about the budget while watching it which is a good sign i kind of okay it was 15 million so that's that's a good 
Okay. Good, okay. small-ish, but not really small. Fairly modest. Uh, yeah, modest, mm -hmm. modest budget. I guess the I Green guess. Knight costs some money. I didn't even <laughs> watch the trailers for this, and still I kind of expected yeah, a bit more of, like, not quite Lord of the Rings or anything, you know, but a bit yeah, more <laughs> substantive and less... I felt, I felt like it was just like empty for so much of it. Yeah, I don't know. I thought there was a lot of substance there. And yeah, there's a lot of audience people what you who like, agree it, with you what know? you're saying. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people thought the movie was really dull or they were expecting something more. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's not really that kind of adventure movie. It's not really an action movie. You don't get you don't get any of that shit. Like aside from the is it the Christmas game? At yeah, the you don't really like, get. That's the only bit of action, really. Yeah, <laughs> I see why so people the background were pissed action off. in the um, yeah. second fake. Uh, like death dream sequence which is like, cool i don't know when your promotional material is like the 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 selling point is you're like dev patel has a sword right you're right. gonna expect like that's some a 24 sword again shit. yeah i know they always market like their that. Movies so not, exactly. they always do that always they, they try to market like these art films to normies and then the normies don't like them yeah <laughs> i don't want to say it like that but it's like oh look at this action movie it's this <laughs> isn't an action movie it's a movie about this guy who comes in a rag <laughs> Look at this non-challenging yeah, horror film that you've seen It comes seen at night before. was like this you're right it was like more of a drama about like a family and a house yeah. yeah I wish I wish I could experience it as that and like yeah expectations aside I've never had you know, I I've always most for the most part been like on the critical side of A24 films where I've seen people get pissed off mm -hmm. about something like it comes at night and I've been like, oh, well, I got something different out of it, but I enjoyed what I got out of it, even though it wasn't what they advertised for this. I just I I didn't really enjoy it as a drama either. I just I needed to connect to something and I found myself just being completely unable to didn't like the what characters. About the fantasy element. Because for me, that was one of the things, like the world building. If that, there was more, you know, the <laughs> you know, yeah, because yeah, like that's the problem to like you. other movies. Yeah, I thought of Fantastic Planet during the giant scene, and yeah, there's a lot of influences like that where I was mm. thinking of other movies. Yeah, the, the adventure angle really worked for me. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it did for me too. You know, the, the, I felt like there was actually a surprising amount of the fantasy stuff because I thought it was going to be relegated mostly to the Green Knight character. But there was, you know, the whole ghost in the pond with the getting the head out mm. of the pond and the magical green thing he wraps around his uh, waist. Yeah, the, the thing he comes in. Yeah, yeah the rag. thing he comes in. <laughs> yeah, the comrag. See, I'm thinking of these scenes, uh, like the head and the lake and like the giants. And like if I try, I can come up with interpretations like, okay, like they walk past the giants and... That's a representation for like how small he is in the grand scheme of like what he's up against and how he's, you know, like just his mortality and how he's no matter what he does, he uh, is insignificant and can be crushed by anything around him and he shouldn't be so cocky, blah, 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 blah. Like I can tr I can make the effort to come up with interpretations like that, but I still can't escape this feeling when I'm watching it with just like, OK, we just saw like a minute and a half or maybe less of like the giant things and then they're gone and it's just kind of like oops bye-bye and what i wanted out of the movie <laughs> is kind of something where maybe if you showed those fantasy elements that it like was a part of a larger narrative instead of just these broken up single scenes of you know like technically i guess there's kind of a journey but I don't really know if you could like rearrange the order of the scenes and it wouldn't really I, I be a different movie i think there's definitely a you know? journey there 
Do, do you agree with that. me? No? I feel like Alicia. Okay. V- yeah. No, I, I, I feel like Alicia Vikander's character too is a big part of that because she plays two different characters basically in the movie. Like you can't swap that order. You know, I think mm-hmm. those parts are pretty important. Yeah. And those two characters, like they're they're vital to telling the story. Like you can't tell the story without either of them. Um. So I don't I don't know if I agree mm-hmm. with that. And I also to get back on like the fantasy element. I like I liked how they did magic in the movie. Uh, usually with yeah. just lighting. Um, I like there's like a close up of Merlin where he like uses magic for a second. That was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And, and like the lighting changes. <laughs> I, I, there's Just a lot the of stylistic choices like that. Execution really of the Green Knight himself, I thought, was fantastic. Like the audio mm-hmm. design of his crunches as he moves around, and they didn't yeah. shy away from showing him up close and those eyes and the voice. I thought it was really well done with yeah, him specifically. His voice is well done. Yeah, for sure. It's the guy from uh, the Witch. Mm-hmm. A lot of reoccurring A twenty four people. Yeah, same uh, price for the actors, probably. Yeah. Good good quality, but not like fucking Will Smith money, you know? <laughs> you don't have to spend yeah. your entire budget trying Will to Smith. get him. <laughs> what did you think of the uh, talking fox? I thought for the, the first fox character. instance of it, I thought like, holy shit, this is some like great effects right there. It looked like really real. And then just over the course of the film in different lighting conditions, I was like, ah, it doesn't look so real anymore. And it was kind of like, eh, took me out of it for a bit, but whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, like the actual movement animation was great, though. Yeah. And I'm willing to believe that like some of the further away shots, maybe they just like they used a real fox and like composited it into the scene or something. Like, I don't know. I have no idea. It could have just been all CG. I have no idea. But it worked well for the most part. It reminded me of Antichrist. Yeah, chaos yeah, reigns. Yeah, that's what came into my head too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just like that. Yeah, I wish, I wish I got more out of it because I like the director too. Even, even uh, Pete's Dragon, despite it being like kind of lame and boring, <laughs> like there's things about it that I liked. You know, like the opening scene was sure. fucking awesome. But yeah, I'll check out more of his shit. It's just I don't regret watching it because. He's a weird director, <laughs> that's, that's obviously, <laughs> and it's always interesting to check out what he's doing. But fuck, if like, if there were just like a little bit more sprinkles along the way, a little bit more treats for like action, or you know, just like a real strong story tie-in for me or something, then I feel like this could have been like a really great movie for me. Because presentation-wise, it's just it's so well done, and I obviously love movies with presentation like this, but. Yeah, it's just, just not not enough treats. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, but I don't know if it's if it's something like action that I'd want to fill that gap. It's a difficult thing to describe mm-hmm. and explain when it comes to movies of this ilk because it is such a you want to encourage this type of filmmaking because it is just so impressive and it's just so well made in every way. But when it become when it comes to talking to the mythic aspects of a story that's adapted from source material like this, it gets quite complicated. <laughs> There's so many different ways yeah. and different angles to enjoy it. Well, I here's the thing: is it, for a film like this, when like so much of the enjoyment out of like the narrative is just from what's happening thematically, essentially, you don't have to sacrifice what's happening thematically to make a film more marketable. Like you can still include other things that don't contradict what's happening thematically you know 
Unless the entire point of the theme is that nothing happens, which I don't think it is. But like you, you could still make the film more marketable without sacrificing that, I think. So when I look at something like this, I'm like, damn, because like, I want the director to be successful. I don't know if, yeah, I would never want to bastardize someone's work, but I'm just looking at this being like, man, if you just had a little bit more here and there, you know, like every 15, 20 minutes, just like a bit, bit of a different scene just for the normies or something, then this could have been like a big hit, you know, because I think <laughs> in general, like, sure, people were relatively excited for this, you know, maybe not just a 24 fanboys. But, you know, people that saw the trailer mm. and the implication of something a bit more. And again, not quite Lord of the Rings, but somewhere in between, <laughs> you know, right. A bit more expansive or something. I don't know. But then again, it's like $15 million budget. It did feel like A24's Lord of the Rings. Like a kind of. I know, right? <laughs> kind of. And they, they still, but they still wanted to make something challenging, something that some people wouldn't like, you know, something that <laughs> yeah. didn't rely on like action. <laughs> Probably because they didn't have the money. Um, but I, I really like what they came up with here. Mm -hmm. It was much more focused on just the style, you know, rather than showing you action scenes or whatever. This was like watching an art film, which is yeah, great. It's, it's what for happens. a big budget summer thing. Did you feel it was style over substance then, or? I mean, you could. Well, I don't say know that. if that's even a thing. I don't. I think there's plenty of substance to it. It depends what you get out of it, because substance, like, it's just an entirely subjective. The, the word, ratio yeah. of style per substance. It's like, it's like the <laughs> word value. Exactly. It's like that's you need a subject to be able to yeah, determine right. a value or substance, right? So like if this, if what you get out of it is what's happening thematically, then there's tons mm -hmm. of substance, right? <laughs> but, mm -hmm. you know, I love getting things thematically out of movies, just I didn't out of this one. Yeah. I did love the lighting particularly, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very stylized. Like when they was using magic, it was like red. Yeah, I, I like the cool. indoor scenes, particularly like near the beginning, because everything was like so dark in a way that wasn't like obnoxiously like Snyder, you know, whatever. <laughs> but in a way where it was like, oh, this actually makes sense. Uh, you could still see what's happening, first of all. And second, you know that like Very the natural. light sources yeah. are only just coming from the windows. They were just like, OK, they didn't have yes, yeah. candles in here. And even in scenes where they did have candles, it's like. Either they were so restrictive in the filmmaking process that they just used those light sources or they replicated it very, very well in a way that makes mm -hmm. it, you know, you, you couldn't tell. I like that a lot. They pulled a Barry Lyndon. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> yeah. What about or at the, least looks uh, like Barry Lyndon. The, the sort of tension in the movie? Did you not connect with that side of it? Cause what tension? I was finding it <laughs> multiple me, points. Like, well, like when he's <laughs> when he's captured towards the beginning and he has to escape. I found that to be a, an interesting yeah, executed sequence. There was sequence. something a bit off about that. There was like a little bit of goofiness to that for some reason. To and which section? That, what, where, you, where it shows his skeleton and then him escaping on the sword or the section before. When it. was that? The skeleton part? You know, when he um, is kind of a trick to make oh, you yeah, think he's died. Oh, yeah, when he wakes died. up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there was section. like a little bit of like unintentional goofiness for me, and it's really difficult to pin down and describe. Because, yeah, in a, in a different film where it didn't look so great and it wasn't so well shot, it might just feel a bit stupid in terms of like what was happening, I guess, blocking-wise or practically of just him... Mm. goofing up real bad <laughs> and kind of like oh no stole my shit and now i'm tied up sort of thing it was like it it was weird in the way it was handled and also i guess the music was a little like over dramatic at that point i guess but 
for the most part, it really fit. I don't know. It was like it's really difficult to describe, but there was something off about that scene and a couple other scenes that where I didn't fully connect with what it was trying to do emotionally. What about the um the actual Green Knight final scene? Because I found that to be. I mean, it's the most memorable of... part of the movie for me. It's like the very beginning and the very end. Yeah, the because that's for me. Mm-hmm. That's like, oh, you're continuing the actual story that you set up for me <laughs> instead of like these tiny little. I remember the ending too, the great yeah. final line. But I like uh, yeah, the end. The like last shot. Yeah, I love the ending too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very memorable, right? Uh, I don't know. I think this movie's challenging, and we're all going to warm up to it. All of yeah. us. Yeah, because there is, there's also like the whole like sex side and the way the like temptation and that side of it and, you know, his masculinity. There's, there's a lot like going on in the movie. Um, but I was mainly focused on this mother nature, like oblivion facing his own destiny and death type, type mm-hmm. angle. I was focused on the honor and him, him attaining honor through death, basically. Or that's how he sees it. If you want to make a video essay on this, I'll watch it. I just don't know if, I, like, I don't really want to watch the movie again. To, to you know? well, yeah, that's well, the thing. I don't, I don't I mean, feel passionate enough experience. about it at this really? point. Okay. I would totally watch it again. Mm-hmm. I'd watch it again. I would. Yeah. I'm just not right away. Okay. Just take it all in. Do we want to give our ratings? Yeah, sure. I guess so. Do you guys want to start? Six out of ten. Okay. If you're six, I'm uh, 3.5 stars out of five. Um, the possibility of going up. I'm a nine, so 4.5 out of five. Okay, cool. Damn. All right, we got uh, we got some movie news that uh, was a little bit what? old, but whatever. What's happening? So Criterion's finally doing 4K UHD. What do you think about that? Finally. About oh, time. It's about time. I know. What are they going to do? Yeah, it was bizarre. They what do they have in 4K? <laughs> the movies they have are so old, you know? <laughs> no, no. You know, uh, 4K, 4K has existed in, in terms of like resolution. Well, like yeah, film, film resolution. You're right. 4K. Absolutely. Film's about 8K, right? Or more. All of their transfers that they do for their regular 1080p Blu-rays are almost all 4K transfers anyway. So they specifically say on the back, oh. they're like, a new 4K transfer approved by the director. So all they would um, have to do to upgrade is literally just print it on a different disc. That's all they would yeah. have to do. And then, mm-hmm. So they, they just couldn't fit They couldn't fit it on the Blu-rays, I see. Yeah, okay. and what really frustrated me about how long it's taken them to do this is that like they also have a streaming service. There's nothing preventing them from just doing 4K there. Like, fuck off. Like, just, well, 4K yeah, on streaming is different. What's it's different like a bit is, more like, compressed, for sure. Yeah. Bit depth. Yeah, it is a bit but more compressed. Like, it doesn't look like... 4K. Do it. <laughs> They're 10. Sure. You know, the 1080p okay. doesn't look sure like 1080p, <laughs> right? There's the best you can possibly them. do is get a is get a 4K Blu-ray or a UHD. Blu-ray. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's like the best, the best looking, quality. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if it's like Breathless or some like black and white movie from the 60s, but yeah, you're right. It does the the quality does stay there. Like the quality is there in the film. Yeah, you know, you could you could bring it up to 4K, maybe even 8K. Now there's AI programs that can up-res and, and like, re- mm-hmm. remove the noise mm. and whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, there's, there's like, different ways of, like, restoring a film, too. But, yeah, their first titles yeah. that they're releasing on 4K are Citizen Kane, Mulholland Drive, oh, right. The Red Shoes, and a couple other things. And I think I forgot them, but that's what I, I saw wrote the Kane one. Mulholland Drive, that's a cool one. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be replacing my... Uh, 1080 pizzles 
with uh, the 4K. Because I've been wanting them to do this for a while. Mm -hmm. I actually emailed them a very um, probably annoying email (laughs) a few months ago. (laughs) Just like, like, why haven't you done this? (laughs) Because like, I'm just... Mm -hmm. When you when you look at like how long it took them to adopt Blu-rays after the invention of Blu-rays, like it was it wasn't as lo- like this is a much longer gap after like the invention of like 4K UHD. And I get it, physical media yeah. is like going down in terms of sales compared to streaming. However, this is a physical media company that a you know the the few people still passionate about physical media are paying attention to this company, and b they also have a streaming mm-hmm. service that they could just release 4K shit on. And so, yeah, that was my that was my issue. Like, I don't even care if they do like UHD. I just want better resolution. Although UHD looks pretty nice too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, every time this was brought up on service. the uh, Criterion subreddit, everybody there would try to justify it, being like, "Well, you actually can't tell the difference between 4K and 1080p anyway." Like literally, and this would get upvoted. It was just people just saying, "This like get a fucking yeah, better TV <laughs> or better eyes." Yeah, this is right, not exactly. True. If you then, then watch it on a bigger screen, yeah, yeah, you can tell the difference if it's on a giant screen. If you project on the side of a building, that that's like a little bit of a a Reddit thing. Is like you find a community of people who are just fans of one thing, like right, you know, like in in the Halo subreddit, they'll justify like, "Oh, it's okay that they don't do co op or forge on day one." <laughs> Yeah, okay, so buddy. True. Yeah. <laughs> like, remember how you're complaining about that about the previous game? Like, fuck uh, on a Twitter, they were posted 4K screenshots from some fucking movie. Like, mm-hmm. look at the bit depth and look at the like. You can't tell from a Twitter yeah, it's screenshot on, Twitter on your phone the on bit your depth or like the telephone. quality of an image. <laughs> you can't. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah. People are so stupid. Like, yeah, or for something like that. I, don't, I think 4Ks make a huge difference. Yeah, honestly. But yeah, I, sure. like... Depends on your experience. If you're listening and you like Criterion and you have a 4K Blu-ray player... And by the way, this is also good because as far as I know, I don't think any... Correct me if I'm wrong, but every single 4K disc that I've seen is region-free. So... Like, if you, I mean, Criterion in the UK hasn't really been a thing, right? Like, they've always so just weird. done region A for Blu-rays, right? So, uh-huh. perhaps now uh-huh. it can be viable to purchase Criterion from other locations. It, I guess it also depends on what you're getting it for, because I love Criterion a lot for special features. And so, if they have all the special features on the Blu-ray and not the UHD disc, then you might not be able to watch those. I just have a region-free Blu-ray player, so I don't have to worry about this shit. Mm-hmm. It shows you how those that region thing is such bullshit. Now the 4Ks don't even have it. <laughs> well, yeah, because every single generation of uh, physical media for, for video has gone down in terms of the amount of areas that they restrict it to. So DVD mm-hmm. was eight regions. Blu-ray was three mm-hmm. regions. And now we're just doing no regions. It's like, wow, you're just basically admitting that this was stupid the entire time and there was no point. Yeah, there was no stupid. point. <laughs> I really don't understand the argument. What about VHS? about vhs tapes exactly those aren't region just analog (laughs) yeah like fucking music isn't region restricted like you don't have like like restriction on vinyl records or even cds for region you don't region restrict (laughs) books like maybe now with kindle you do or something i don't know but like i guess just what what you can buy in the amazon store is probably region restricted but still it's like it's so it was (laughs) it's one of those many many things where the industry saw piracy and they're like, 
what can we do? I don't know. Let's just make it really difficult for people to enjoy this product. And it just and it doesn't hurt the pirates <laughs> because the pirates are like they don't have region restriction, right? It encourages piracy mm-hmm. because if somebody wants yeah. to buy the best available quality version of a film and it's not available in your region and you know it won't work on your player and you don't want to buy like a fucking three hundred dollar thing then you might just torrent it because the pirate is offering a better service mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so sure the the more uh consumer friendly your product is the more people will buy it mm-hmm. that's why i love gabe newell because he understands that it's funny you mentioned the special feature side to mm-hmm. all this and the physical releases because the, the the criteria on like streaming things not available in the UK so is all are all the special features on their version or because it's not really a thing on Netflix either I at this point. I do not have the streaming service. Oh, you um, don't have it. But I think I'm pretty sure they do that. I, I I usually am not an early adopter for these sorts of things. Like if 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 let's say Criterion was like hey, we're doing 4K on our streaming service and they weren't doing it on their Blu-ray things, then I'd probably have the streaming service by now. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I heard I heard some people complaining about certain things at launch, like, you don't have English subtitles for English movies. Like, okay, why would you not do that? Yeah. It's like, just transfer the things from your existing Blu-rays onto your streaming service. Like, doy. <laughs> There's just so much yeah. money on the table that it's just being missed out on because it's just not getting to people in the right way. Yeah. There's so many obstacles, stupid obstacles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these the streaming you make services it, more people suck. Watch. They're so yeah. bad. <laughs> compete in this uh, even HBO fight. Max is fucking lagged to shit. Like it's so bad. Even just they're working on it. <laughs> yeah, they're working on it. Is they, it that bad? they better fucking work on it fast. They centered the subtitles. Netflix has been finally. ahead of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> they're in the center of the screen now. They might. They, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I, I, part of me wants to believe that it was because I messaged them on their Twitter support. <laughs> But maybe I wasn't the only person that complained. I don't. I don't know what Criterion streaming service is like. But yeah, I, I, like I understand the argument of like less people are buying physical media and it's not as popular as streaming. But Criterion is like that's that's I would assume that's like your bread and butter. Like that's the physical yeah. media is like what yeah. you're selling. I think right? you make more money off of physical media. You're making twenty dollars a pop if someone buys one Blu-ray, or you know. Profit yeah, it's supposed to be like a premium celebration of like a movie. Yeah, yeah, they mm-hmm. charge a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> like way more than yeah, yeah. Well, because this this collectors, this people yeah. want to keep these movies forever, like me or whatever. And they sh- they should be. And they put to, effort yeah. into like the presentation of the actual covers. And everything. Exactly right. The covers are usually really nice. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. A little booklet. And and like I was saying earlier, the the more consumer friendly it is, the more consumers will like it. It's like I like being able to put a Criterion Blu-ray in. And the menu shows up instead of warning, can't skip, add, if you steal, you're a baby or whatever. Like, okay, well, the pirate is, if I pirate this, I don't get that message, right? So clearly you don't have to show this to me. Otherwise, I could claim in court, well, it didn't say that it was illegal to steal or copy it at the beginning. It's like, this didn't say it on my version. right? So why is that even there? And why won't you let me skip it? Just fuck off, right? Just send me to the menu. Put the trailers in the special features. I'm interested in the trailers, and I'll watch it. Don't don't put that before the menu. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, they're doing UHD. <laughs> Everybody buy them if you're interested, and they'll probably do more. I'm assume I just want them to redo their whole library like that quickly. Yep. Yep. Like you already have the transfers. You don't have to do an entirely new transfer. You have 4K transfers. Just print them different. Mm-hmm. And I'm giving the file. Criterion a 
Ingmar Bergman at a 10. <laughs> we got some other movie news also. What happened? The Coen brothers, supposedly, mm-hmm. according to IndieWire, they split up. Carter Burwell says yeah, that uh, right. Ethan doesn't want to make movies anymore. And it also says in the under the title, but just because the Coen brothers split for Macbeth doesn't mean they're split forever. So we don't really know what that means. But what I think is interesting about this is like, I kind of kind of want to know if there's like one Uh-oh. that's like kind of <laughs> mooching off the other in terms of like <laughs> talent. I don't talent. know. <laughs> you know, if one's just like, if, yeah, if they direct to see. separate projects and one's like really bad and one's like a fucking masterpiece, I'd be like, hey, <laughs> it was you the entire time. <laughs> I think they're both massively talented. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's like a Neville Dean and Taylor or like the guys who did Wreck. <laughs> Those people doing things separately, they did not work out. But them doing things together, <laughs> right. I enjoyed most of what they've done. Uh-huh. I like Mom and Dad, but fucking Crank 1 and 2 are, you know. Fucking <laughs> make like Crank 3. Ever made, basically. Lionsgate, what else do you have? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but that's true. Lionsgate's got jack <laughs> shit. Yeah. Dude, I love Crank. I saw... There was like people shit on Crank. They think they're fucking awful or whatever because they're trashy movies. Oh, I think those are some of the best action movies. They're so like, self aware. I think they should totally make a third one. Yeah. It should totally be a trilogy. It should. 100%. And no one would be mad at a third movie. At least crank a trilogy. Movie. Just one more. You know? Of course not. Like Jason Statham, I would love to see him come yeah. back. No one's going to be like, oh, really? <laughs> like, if you're a fan of the original movie. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> you want a third fucking Crank movie. Just people hate Lions that movie. Gate. I remember. There's some film talk or whatever. Guy said, like, the worst movie I've ever seen is Crank. Like, one of the speakers mm. there. Really? He just hated That's it. so he weird. He just didn't get it. Yeah, that is such a weird one to get home. It is on. weird. It's literally just sex, drugs, and rock and roll, the film. <laughs> yeah. It is. That's what makes it funny. <laughs> That's why it's great. And then the second one's even more, like, extreme. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't hold back, and it's, like, unabashedly itself, you know? It's just... Like, yeah. yeah, this is what I want to do for a movie. Like, fuck it. And you know what's it's really so under, underappreciated about these directors? Either. Like, even in their films where, like, uh, like Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, where, like, most people fucking mm-hmm. hate it, I'm still able to find things to appreciate in those. Because if you look at the way that it's shot, and I know that this just, like, most people don't even think about this sort of thing, the directors put themselves in actual danger to get these shots in ways where, like, sure. you can see the yeah. behind-the-scenes mm-hmm. clips of literally the directors on rollerblades, like hitching on the back of a motorcycle <laughs> and just yeah. like shoving it. The- They're yeah. all like wires. And they go, that's why the, the cameras are like really low frame digital cameras is because yeah. the, the cameras that they're using are inexpensive because they go through like 17 of them because they break because, <laughs> because oh. they're actually like involved. And, and in crank. Yeah. And like crank too, they like got the car in like car accidents and like they put the camcorder yeah. with Jason Statham. Yeah. Yeah. I love uh, the way that those films style. are shot. Oh, uh, but yeah, those are brothers and they're brothers. Know, brothers, yeah. <laughs> what? <Are> they? <laughs> no, they have different last oh, names. I, oh no, they're not. They're just they just teamed up. Mark Nevelton and like Brian Taylor are their names. Yeah, <laughs> I thought they were brothers. My bad. No, the Coens are brothers. What's really funny is I read um, there was a uh, Bill Murray interview of him saying that the only reason that he accepted the role for the Garfield film the CG Garfield movie is because he thought that it was Joel Cohen 
but actually it was Joel Cohen. No. <laughs> With an eight. Is he doing like a bit? Pretty bad mess up. No, it, he was actually serious. It's like a real thing. He's being serious. Yeah. Yeah, it's like real. And the interviewer asked him if he was doing a bit too. He's like, no, this is real. It's like uh, Joel Cohen and Ethan Cohen. Ethan Cohen directed the yeah. uh, fucking Holmes and Watson. I think. Yeah, Holmes and Watson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You guys love that one. Well, look, there's other brother filmmakers out there that are going to take on the reins. Safties. And they'll be great. Safty Brothers. Yeah, Safties. Mm-hmm. They make great movies. The Wachowski. Undercover Brother. Sisters, Starship, whatever they are. <laughs> <laughs> the Wachowski's got a new Matrix movie coming out. Like, yeah, we're I all actually set. read. It's going to be great. Oh, recently yeah. for the uh, new Matrix that it was only one of them. Let me fact check that. I think you're right. Yeah, no, one of them right. just decided. I think I read that too. No, <laughs> so I guess we'll figure out. Yeah, I've had enough of this shit. Yeah, it's just Lana. Lily is not on board for some reason. What do you think of the name Resurrections? It's pretty bad. I mean, it's not any worse than Revolutions. <laughs> <laughs> is it Alien Resurrection? Like, I, th- I just think of bad sequels. Hmm. Yeah, that one was also the fourth. I guess wasn't it fits it? in with the whole Jesus thing. I don't care. Like people are saying, like you shouldn't yeah. even make a fourth Matrix movie. I'm like, they made a second and a third. Yeah, exactly. They didn't bring What's back. Lose this yeah, it was a Morbius. They didn't bring him back, right? Morbius, Morpheus, drinking a forty in a death basket. Morpheus, Morbi- Orpheus, Morbius. That's that vampire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't care who they bring back. I'm just. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna spoil myself too hard on who's coming back and who's not. I think it's funny that uh, Neil Patrick Harris is in it. And Christina Ritchie. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. And Jada Pinkett Smith, who I keep saying Jada Plinkett Smith, because I guess the red letter media is just in my head. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> my son eventually hanged himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, so I don't, I don't consider the Matrix to be like a big, like, oh, you can't touch this property because I don't know. The second and third one were like campy as fuck. And we talked about this before. Yeah, I pretty sure I think I enjoyed them more than both of you did. But I don't know. It's like partially yeah. nostalgic. I can always get down with that first movie. It's the second two. The ones after. Thing it, is, I mean. they want to make money, so they don't care if you like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> they don't care if, if any of us want it. They're just going to make it anyway because they like money, and it'll probably do well. Yeah. Even if Lily doesn't direct or write this one, she's probably making money off of like the intellectual property rights anyway. Absolutely. So. Yeah. She probably oh, produced yeah, it or yeah. executive produced it. probably could have just something. thrown it to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, why not? Let Keanu direct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck it. Why not? And they should have given it to Chris Nolan. <laughs> fucking yeah, loves the Matrix. It's All just movies about time. Now. The Matrix, right? I mean, am I even wrong? <laughs> Every movie of his is like, he, he. if he had made the Matrix, Chris Nolan would be 100% satisfied human being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Chris Nolan wishes he'd made the Matrix. Yeah, exactly. There's a uh, there's certain directors where I like I look at something that they've made and I'm like, you don't have to make a good movie ever again, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you <laughs> really? can, yeah, like, like the Matrix uh, is that one of those? Yeah, the Matrix yeah, like, is one of those. <laughs> and like uh, the Descent is one of those. For uh, what's his face, mm-hmm. Neil? What's his name? Bream. Neil Marshall. Yeah, he hasn't directed like a really great movie since. The Descent, but I'm like, yeah, whatever. You're just having fun. I don't care. Francis Ford Coppola, yeah, he's got some good ones. And then, you know, his late career is kind of bad. Yeah. We've got uh, 
one more movie news thing that I'll mention here. They're a bit that like kind of piled up over time. This one's a little bit old, but it is kind of funny. So NBC won't air the Golden Globes in 2022, apparently. What? Good. <laughs> yeah. And and they're like changing rules so that the voters won't be able to receive vacations and gifts from studios. <laughs> fucking stupid good <laughs> i know like the hate award shows i hate the golden globes Meanwhile, in particular the oscars, they, oscars do the same shit oscars do the same bullshit oh, yeah. they gotta go next yeah it's very biased the way that they pick movies it should be completely unbiased oh, but like if the studios didn't do this for like the hollywood foreign press or the academy then they wouldn't even know what movies came out in a year to be able to give the awards Right, <laughs> because like you look at these four-year yeah. consider consideration campaigns for like the Oscars is like wow, it's just only movies from this. Like they aren't even aware that other movies get released in a year, which is obviously why you know perhaps they just hate Charlie Kaufman or something. But like best adapted screenplay <laughs> nomination for Borat two, but not <laughs> I'm thinking of ending things because Netflix <laughs> didn't do a four-year consideration <laughs> campaign. There's so many categories that it easily could have been nominated for. That year, I'm still. I'm. I'm always going to be. They salty just nominate about that. people to get them to show up so they can put them on camera. Yeah. You know, it's all. It's all a big farce. Like yeah, I just fucking off. hate the elitism of the award shows, and I'm glad. You know what? It was. It was these stars realizing that people hate award shows and the elitism <laughs> of them, and they had to like sacrifice one of them. It was either the Oscars or the Golden Globes, and they all fucking turned on the Golden Globes, and it's pretty great. Like all these it's stars coming out against the Golden Globes. <laughs> I, I think Leo DiCaprio, <laughs> you, you know, like, I mean, I think the Golden Globes are a worse award show than the Oscars, yeah. but yeah, they both, who actually cares they about both promote the, the same nonsense. Yeah. I, it's, like a, it's like a drunk rehearsal for the Oscars. I've said exactly. that before. Yeah, Plus, yeah. like, Ricky Gervais, yeah. I bet, shitting all over them every yeah. fucking year. I bet that didn't help. I, I loved that. <laughs> right. And I loved how they That's were the, mad, the but then it was so successful that they got him back. They were like, oh, more people watch. Yeah, but then the stars shut down the whole fucking thing because they don't want to go to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they want to be respected. So apparently, yeah, this uh, NBC will not air the Golden Globes in 2022. The network said in a statement on Monday, Monday morning, I don't know when this was posted. This was May 2021, so this is a bit old. But this means the mm -hmm. Hollywood Foreign Press Association will now have to decide how or if it will move forward next year without its broadcast partner. So it'd be funny if they tried to get like a different network. But yeah, after this point, then... Uh, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association was like, okay, we'll we'll do we'll change some things, maybe. So, like, I think that's them just trying to be like, <laughs> we've changed, guys. We'll be more legitimate and not mm. not stupid. <laughs> yeah. Because like, like it was pretty clear to everybody. Like, you could just you could essentially just buy a nomination for a Golden Globe. Yeah, you know, it's just a bad there's always like show. a couple every year right. where you're like, oh, the tourist starring Johnny Depp and. What's her name? Right. Why did that get nominated? It's because they wanted Johnny Depp it's and Angelina worst. Jolie to show up. Yeah. So they could show them on camera and get ratings. That's why. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is, is it because The Tourist is a great movie that we all remember? <laughs> Fucking stupidity. Like, great movies used to win awards. Now it's crap. Now it's just like whatever, whoever they want in the room to get ratings. Yeah. It's sad. Depending on the award show, depending on the category. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's a yeah. lack of great movies getting nominated or anything. I do. I I don't know. This last year's Oscars was like weird for me because like no, literally zero people have talked about Nomadland since the Oscars. <laughs> and like, yeah, no, I Marvel get it. Has. Most people think it's fine. Marvel but... has loads. They put it all over the trailer for uh, her next movie. They've put mm -hmm. Nomadland on the trailer. What do you? Yeah, from Oscar. Oh yeah, yeah, fuck. yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, we've got an Oscar <laughs> because they winner. Because probably bought it for her. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. What else are they going to do? But Parasite the year before, that was a huge movie. Yeah, so. that was like the most fun Oscars ever. Right, it was fun. And, you know, that was a very different kind of movie. Like, there's no way they bought that, right? It's some fucking random Korean movie that people just, like, it just totally took off here. Yeah, word of mouth. You know, no one could have predicted that. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Very accessible. You know. So happy for, for Bong. Yeah, made a genuinely great movie. I'm looking at the uh, U.S. audiences for major award shows just over over time, and everything's just like down, down, down from 2016. Yeah. Like, holy shit! Because people record are sick lows of this for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such it's so mm-hmm. weird to think about just like because there was like a point in time where like people took this shit seriously, and now everybody's just shitting on them. Like everybody's yeah. like, mm-hmm. "Go home, celebrities. We don't like you." Right. I'm sick of the celebrities. I'm sick of the elitism. I'm sick of bad movies winning. I'm like, I'm sick of all that, mm-hmm. you know, keeps happening. Green book winning. <laughs> that was the Oscars. But, oh, you know, give me fucking break. Like they think you're stupid. That's, that's what they say. And like, they think we're stupid. Nah, green book made waves, man. But everyone's talking about green book. To this yeah. Day. Everybody's talked about it so dad. much since. <laughs> so good. <laughs> good. Oh, I'm glad my dad liked it. Yeah. Everybody's parents liked it. Everyone's dad liked it. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's dad liked it. It's the dad movie. Yeah. It's a boomer movie. <laughs> There's this new Cinderella movie coming out. Oh. Oh yeah. Is that like with what, the, another, another one? one? They like just made one with like oh, Billy James like five years ago <laughs> or whatever. But they're making another one. And like James Corden and the rest of the cast, whatever, they were like stopping traffic. Oh god. To, like that... the movie. Did you guys oh, see that this? Thing. Oh that, wait, that was yeah, that was for so a movie. Annoying. Oh, I yeah, that's that for the just... new Cinderella. Oh, I thought it was Isn't for that, like, like the most embarrassing thing you've shit. ever seen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah don't that do that. You're annoying. No. Is this the Amazon? James one? Corden. Maybe it feels like Tom Hanks, you could get away with it. Oh, yeah, James he's Corden? in this, yeah. James Corden as... <laughs> Star of Cats. What, man? <laughs> so it says on IMDb. <laughs> I just had to mention that because it made such waves. Like the, Apparently, the it made waves. It was so bad. Yeah, I saw nothing but bad press. Why is he in movies? He's in I so don't know. Many movies. Because he's in a talk show? People think he's funny, apparently. That's all you have to do. No one thinks he's funny. Apparently, he appeases some people do. the producer's... He appeases the rich Hollywood producers. But I've never understood that too. He's like, a, he's like a British guy. Why is he hosting like an American talk show? What? Why do you guys want right? to hear from him? Like what? Right? We don't. That's I guess I we feel. don't want him here, so you can have him. Exactly. That's how I feel about him. About John Oliver. Like, who are these people telling me what's yeah, happening? John Oliver, British see. people. I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret, Alex. So there's there's a there's a phenomenon that happens for North American audiences. Where if you hear something in an, in the English language but with a different accent, then it's automatically funnier. So if we see if we see okay. a movie yeah, it's that's that. like that has British people in it and it's like the same jokes as you would have like as American movie, then it's funnier because they're talking funny, and that's how that's how we think over here, basically. <laughs> but also that accent Jesus adds God. a bit of class, a bit of intelligence. Oh so yeah, like the political humor. It, it makes it a little more respected. Yeah, right? they're smarter. smarter. <laughs> Meanwhile, in America, they don't let us on TV because they think we're all Nazis. <laughs> Does James Corden have like a suave persona? No, <laughs> no, he's got it. No. That's the Dumbo. confusing part. He's like bumbling. He yeah. he appeases the producers. <laughs> That's yeah, all he he's does. just got lots of like famous friends, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's some people yeah. that are just like really obviously well connected. You know? Yeah, they're well connected. Yeah, Jack Whitehall yeah. as well. He's one of them. Yeah. 
he has a clean sheet and that's it you know he's good that's that's being well connected is like most of what will determine your success in hollywood (laughs) yeah yeah. that's that's most of it nepotism to the max (laughs) nepotism it's a lot like politics. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot real. like yeah, fucking yeah. everything, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, Alex recommended a boring movie. You want to talk about it? What was it? Damn. So I recommended a, uh, an anime. Um, <laughs> uh, spoilers for your name, full stop. Um, or Kimi no Nawa, <laughs> um, if we're going by the original name. Um, directed by Makoto Shinkai. Um, it's a it's a simple story. Well, I'm just getting ahead of myself. It's not that simple, actually. Spoilers. It's about two teenagers living in Japan. Full spoilers here. We're going to be talking about everything in this movie. Yeah, two teenagers living in two different parts of Japan. One rural, one in the middle of Tokyo. And all of a sudden, some magical comet uh, causes a uh, body swap occurrence to transpire. And these two characters... Uh, spend the movie figuring out how to connect with each other and it's all very romantic and about love transcending time in a very kind of Chris Nolan sort of way. Um, how do we feel about this? <laughs> like Interstellar. It's this like one. Chris well, actually, Nolan we for into, tweens. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but what is notable about this movie is it's currently number three on the highest grossing anime films only yeah. recently knocked down a, a notch by a Demon Slayer coming out um, in 2020. I think it was number one when it was released. What's number two? Oh. Well, it's uh, according to this uh, wiki article I'm on, it's currently number one Demon Slayer, number two Spirited Away. That oh. might be adjusted for inflation there. Yeah, maybe adjusted um, for inflation. And uh, yeah, your name That's at number three. That's pretty impressive. So, yeah. And yeah, and on top of that, it's um, it's number 70 on top rated movies on IMDb. Yay. Um, it's wow. got high ratings everywhere. People love this movie. And it's always been one of those ones on my watch list that has just been sat there and I've never got round to, partially because... I don't know, I guess seeing two school people on the cover and it's clearly like a romance type story, but I <laughs> I guess I have my expectations <laughs> fairly low based on your re- reaction when I said the title sure. um, last episode, Adam. <laughs> um, and I, I, I definitely enjoyed it more than I think the way you're making it sound. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed my journey with it, but I guess I'm just a little bit confused as to quite the popularity it has despite you know my enjoyment for it. It, it it went places i wasn't quite expecting i really wasn't anticipating it to turn more into this like a town apocalypse story with like a comet coming in and Fucking especially the time strange, travel <laughs> element mm, that's true i didn't see that coming <laughs> yeah the time travel thing in particular was like, the animation oh, okay. is very nice i'll give it this, that yeah, i stunning. enjoyed looking at the movie yeah, there's an expectation for high-budget anime in the same way that there's mm-hmm. an expectation for Pixar. Yeah, anime. I have very little experience with anime. Yeah, that's, so that's mm. just, you know, my, my experience with anime is like Yu-Gi-Oh, right? I've seen Akira. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's yeah. it. So I'm used to either cheap animation, and Akira is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but that's like totally different though, right? That's like It's like not for tweens. <laughs> this is for tweens. No, that, that movie's awesome. <laughs> this is more for tweens. This is like a love story. This yeah. has like a yeah. little opening like theme, like has like a little opening song, and like it shows all the characters. And uh, like at that point, I kind of wanted to blow my brains out. I'm just being honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I was overall, surprised that it had like it an wasn't anime that bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I just can't really get into anime. It's just not really but my here's, thing. But here's the thing: there's there's like really anime that exists that's away. good for people that don't love anime. 
Like Death Note's fucking yeah, awesome. This is more mainstream. Show. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's anime for people who aren't kawaii, you know? It's for people who aren't weeb boys or girls. Or boy girls. And there's all kinds of anime too. Like there are those like those live act not live action, um, there's like three D animated Resident Evil movies. Yeah. Um that are <laughs> coming out on Netflix. That that's apparently anime. Like I didn't even know that. Those but are people very consider silly. that anime because it's Japanese animation. Yeah, it's very silly. And I guess it's not the animation style, it's more so like I guess the conventions of whatever comes up in anime. I don't even know what that would be because I don't mm-hmm. watch a lot, <laughs> you know. But I, I see some of that in here. And uh, this is this just shit. This shit isn't for me at all. <laughs> I'm just saying that. Yeah, it was okay. It was okay. I didn't hate it. It's definitely worse things I've seen like out of anime. Yeah, I <laughs> no. definitely didn't hate it. It just <laughs> felt a bit muddled in terms of its structure and how certain beats mm-hmm. felt like they were having to happen and had to be kept as a, as a surprise, yeah. just so the story could happen. Yeah, like, for example, this is kind of new for me. I'm just the, not trying to talk about the it. whole. It's all. It's always bugged me whenever kind of like m- memory loss type stuff is like such a crutch, right? Inconsistently, also. Yeah, and in saying that, um, I think of like Memento, where that actually does work very well, and this mm-hmm. this film clearly has some in- some inspirations in terms of that stuff, leaving notes to kind of yourself, like leaving notes on the on your hand, writing on yourself. There's all that element, and yeah, I, I don't know. It's fairly interesting. It's so plot heavy, more so than than I was expecting. In terms of like, it's it's a romance movie at its core, and I guess by the time they actually get together at the end, I feel like it it it's weighing itself its value more on the the inherent romance of these two, just the concept of two people sure. being connected by something ethereal by this you know, wordless concept of like love and this mm-hmm. whole idea of it transcending time and fate and all the, all these, you know, these romantic ideas, teenagers like. Um, <laughs> I like the love angle. I like, actually like their relationship a lot. Like whenever they would just talk to each other, the guy came across as like a, whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> like he came across as like a nice guy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm yeah. not even sure what to say about it. <laughs> Well, they're kind of supposed to just be like average people, I guess, by design. Yeah, that's they're how like they just felt. The most relatable two main characters they could possibly be, mm-hmm. and you're going to relate to one of them because one of them's like shy and from a rural area, and one's more confident from a city. You're going to find something in there to like relate to and connect with. But mm-hmm. Again, they are teenagers, I guess. That was kind of cool. So just seeing Japanese society or whatever, like just being disconnected from it, being who I am, you know, it was kind of cool to see. The yeah, I thought there was going to be more, city. I thought the story yeah. was going to emphasize more the whole city versus rural disconnect thing, which I think is a really interesting idea oh, to yeah. explore. And, that and we there. saw that explored in the Tokyo story, totally different type of movie, obviously, but <laughs> that was in the <laughs> back of my mind. But it, yeah, it turns way more into the the exploration of, of like the plot and the mechanics of how it's all happening and like yeah, why it's that's happening. why it's so confusing it's not even it's not like a movie it's and it's an anime it's different <laughs> well, cause, yeah because I, I this is the thing right i was i was entertained th- for this first watch because i had no idea what was coming but now i know what the story is i feel like i just feel like there's no need for me to ever watch it again because I don't, I don't know if those surprises mm-hmm. <laughs> well yeah how many times have you seen this adam i did my second watch on uh two times speed Thanks, YouTube movies. (laughs) (laughs) 
So you really feel like after one watch, there's really not much else. Nothing. To, Absolutely to fucking nothing. Zilch. Because I was thinking about that a bit. Despite the beauty and the meticulous nature of how I was enjoying enjoying it early on, how they were putting a real emphasis on like how the rural girl was like, like the way she was eating her meals and preparing everything and her her whole, whole routine and the religious side of it and then the contrast with the way the guy in the city was living and just where that was going but yeah but then like you said it just goes off to somewhere else and it becomes a different movie there's a lot going on and i don't know if it's like this if it's just an anime or if it's just me <laughs> it's a movie that wastes time is what it is it's like fuck like in terms of like the story sure. that it's, it's telling it's very hollow like, it does feel shit. very glossy it wastes so much time it's very pretty it's very pretty to look at, but yeah, there's not a lot going on. And yeah. that might be what people like, that it's very hollow. Yeah, despite that beauty, I so, so sometimes question like, so what is the main reason this has to be like a, an animated adventure, right? Like no. looking mm -hmm. at the other that's highest it. grossing anime films like Spirited Away, House Moving Castle, there's obviously a lot of Miyazaki in here. They provide things using animation that I could just never see anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There's one. All there's one major sequence creatures. in the movie. Yeah, exactly. Or just just the just the freedom you have with animation. The, and even in Akira and stuff, you, there's lots of just imagery you'd never be able to see otherwise. And I don't know. I feel like you could kind of tell this same story in live action and have a similar result. The only thing being there's. A pretty fun animated sequence when he drinks the uh, sake or whatever it was, and uh, the spit at, sake that point in the movie. Yeah, the spit sake. Um, where there's a whole sequence where it's you know it's a bit more vibrant than the animation has been up until that point. It's kind of a revealing moment with the time stuff. It was one of the few times it was pulling me in in terms of just the pure plot and presentation of it. But yeah, there was just too much of like. The, the everything that had to work in order for this main story to come together, like the side guy who's just like, "Hey, I, I'm learning how to do explosives now, so then later on I can like blow something up." And it's just <laughs> such a like throwaway side character. Yeah, it's just kind of clunky in the way it comes together. It it this this strikes me as a movie that like people connect to because of the concept, like conceptually, but. I mean, mm -hmm. there's other movies that have done the same thing, right? Like, it's so fucking derivative. It's it's literally just a mix between Freaky Friday, Life is Strange slash Donnie Darko, and The Lake House. Like, if you've seen The Lake House, you've basically seen, seen this yeah. movie, aside from, I'm like, the whole apocalyptic element, which is in the others. Right? But it is an anime, right? Are there any animes like this that would combine all those elements? I don't know, probably. I, <laughs> I don't know, there's Maybe. like a billion animes. Right. There's something about the package here that maybe was unique. I just wish there was a little more edge to it. I just wish there was a little more something like Akira or but even Spirited Away, which I had seen actually. I kind of forgot about it. But Spirited Away, I remember that had a little more like substance to it. Yes. Than I this love Spirited does. Away. This has so much whimsy. It's like you're really yeah. taken away to another world in that movie. Uh huh. And like you said, the imagery of that film is very memorable. Like the creatures yeah. and and this is like it's two people in love. That, and that's fine. You can tell a story like that animated, but, you know, I don't know why it needed to be animated. Maybe I just need to read something from the director, like why he wanted to animate this or, you know, who knows? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's very derivative and it doesn't make any fucking sense. Mm -hmm. The logic doesn't bother me. I don't know if it's because it's animated. Well, <laughs> it bothers me.
<laughs> I find it fucking stupid how the main character is like, I didn't know that there was this gigantic event that happened close by that killed 500 people three years ago until just now in the story. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on. And, th- and then later it shows like what he was doing that day. It's like, oh, he was actually looking at the comet. So it's like, how did he not? Yeah. <laughs> it's maybe just one of those like selective amnesia things that this movie loves to do. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, like, come on, like, the entire time that they're leaving notes for each other on their phones, they're going to class, they're going to work, they're obviously looking at calendars and schedules, whether digitally or physically, and they didn't realize that they were three years apart until just that moment in the film. Like, they've been doing this for, like, yeah, fucking forever. Like, fuck off. Thing for me. So stupid. Because mm-hmm. surely mm-hmm. you could have, maybe it still would have been the same problem, but having, like, phones and the technology we have in contemporary times... Surely if you could have just set it in a different time period, you maybe could have been able to pull the story off a little bit better, a little bit cleaner. Yeah. And they weren't going to work or school. <laughs> like, you, yeah, those yeah, required schedules, much. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that is the biggest leap in logic to me that was like, pulling me out of it. Because that that's the first I, thing I was thinking yeah. was, like, the, the, these, like, two 17-year-olds that know technology, they're using mobile phones, they're going to, like figure this out but then it falls back on no when they're like swatch, switching bodies when they come back they're all, they're all hazy and they forget details and whatnot so mm-hmm. i guess you've just gotta accept that or you don't <laughs> i wasn't even paying attention to the logic that much i will say i didn't care much for like plot holes or any of that stuff i just i, I don't know I, I felt like the rules were different for this movie mm-hmm. maybe it's, it's an anime yeah and it kind of keeps adjusting them um mm-hmm. You know, why is it so grounded? Why is it just a drama about, like, love, (laughs) and then that's it? Because it's for tweens. Yeah, I guess that's what they like. It's literally just to, like, fantasize and project on the character, you know? (laughs) I I know a few, like, college-age people or older, even, who would love this movie, like, Uh unironically. I think it's, like, the cutest thing. I mean, there's I tons. Like there's tons shit. of people who love this. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm happy for them. I really am. This is just not my ballpark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess if you're looking for cute movies, this would fill the bill. It's yeah, it's cute, cute and boring. What you like. It is cute. It's about love. Love is great. It's pretty cool. Don't you wish you were like a little baby? And that you were switching bodies for no reason, and then <laughs> make me a handsome Tokyo boy. You know what really pissed me off about the music is like, there's like this entire buildup of of like the, this climax of like this apocalyptic event, and then during the entire time that that's happening, they're playing like some shitty fucking band, where it's like there's decent music in in other parts of this film that are scored, you know, but like mm-hmm. I I feel like the potential of emotional experience for that buildup was just completely robbed from me by hearing whatever that band was just playing this like dumb cutesy music where essentially it it spoils the outcome you know everything's gonna be fine because the tone of the music is like happy and like whimsical and shit it's like what's Hmm. i don't like that over to over top of this like ah we gotta save the town so that 500 people don't get disintegrated Right while that's happening, it's just, I, I felt like that was in- incredibly inappropriate for a music choice. The whole save the town thing, just that whole story beat was just so strange to me. It, yeah, it makes the scale so high and it makes the stakes so high, and the, and the way they solve it is just like obviously they managed mm-hmm. to like just escape, but like 
off camera so the main guy didn't wouldn't know until later. It's like super convoluted the way it all comes together. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is convoluted. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of flaws with this thing. So why is the reaction so like overwhelmingly positive and it's such a huge success? It's it's broadly relatable. Sure. I think an average person can just sit down and watch this and connect with it in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's fucking. I don't know. Look at the most popular not anime movies. It's just like really consumable mm-hmm. and unchallenging and boring baby movie. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and that <laughs> just... might be that would be my flaw with it. It's it's my criticism of it. It's just a little hollow. It doesn't have a lot going on, mm-hmm. and it's not it's not my wheelhouse. So the animation is nice, but I just wish there was more going on story wise. Like, why does the love have to be so like? I don't know. It's too innocent. <laughs> there should be more mm-hmm. going on. <laughs> should be more conflict there, especially with that love plot. And yet, yeah, like you said, it just gets distracted by like comes a from comet. The mystery. Yeah, of like what's yeah, happening. There's like other stuff going on, so the conflict doesn't really have to come from the relationship. But I feel like that would kind of be more interesting. At the same time, I don't watch anime, so maybe that's not what the audience wants. Maybe they want a comet, <laughs> and that's why I'm confused when reviewing this kind of thing. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. it's just a different set of rules. But yeah, what is interesting to me is like looking in like the top 250 or whatever and seeing the types of animated movies that are in there. Mm-hmm. It, it does kind of stand out compared to some of the others. It does. Um, like Grave of the Fireflies. Because it's, it's new. It's a movie that stands out for me. New movies get plopped on there for no fucking reason. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Right? If There's more trending, people rating them so it's easier yeah, for films right. to get on the top and also like people are super hyped about something like the moment they exit the theater and then in retrospect like a month later they'll forget about the movie and then people will talk with them and they'll be like oh, i wasn't that great but like that that moment of exiting the theater where everybody's like rating these like it, it just hyper inflates mm-hmm. these ratings whereas like all of these films that uh before as many as many people were rating them on imdb the, there's i don't know i feel like there was a bit more accuracy in terms of like how people felt about it. I almost feel like you shouldn't be able to have a movie on the top 250 until like years after it's released, you know? I agree. I think the ratings are kind of bullshit. Yeah. Especially for this. <laughs> yeah. But, it's it, it, you know, it's all kinds of stuff like that. We are, Whenever a superhero movie comes out, right? Same mm-hmm. thing. Any trending type movie, basically. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. You know, and this is, I'm not saying this is bad, but there's really important movies like The Godfather or whatever. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And just like your name that just came out, like rated alongside. Well, like Spirited know. Away, like I understand that being in there. Spirited like, Away is better than this. Yeah. It's boring. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is unfortunately boring despite that budget, despite that animation. Yeah, it, it, it does drag. It definitely does drag at points. I wanted to yeah. get the benefit of the doubt, you know? The, the second watch was essentially just me being like, wow. Knowing the full context of everything that happens is like, wow, this is a fucking waste of time. <laughs> like, we're half an hour through. Yeah, and we're is it still really just... that bad on that level? <laughs> I appreciate you gave it even a second watch. Mm. <laughs> I, I, you know what? Part of me was like, I need to clean my room instead. But, um, you know, <laughs> Alex recommended the movie and uh, I'm a good person. So I watched it despite two times speed. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like these romance these romance movies and the way it's implemented like the whole transcending time this ritual with the 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 ropes and the the trees and 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's playing with a lot of cool concepts I enjoy. And I feel like if it went down any of the other paths, I maybe would have enjoyed it more, whether it be making it a bit more of a tragedy, making just a bit more drama in there, or just put more or less emphasis on like the rules of the plot in some ways. So it's just less confusing to bumble through. I, I don't know. I guess it is just if you connect with those characters or not. And if you're just into the whole body swap thing, whereas, as you say, it's fairly familiar. Um, mm-hmm. It Super feels derivative. like a bunch of movies I've seen before kind of combined together with an anime skin on it. And I guess, I guess that's what people like. It's for people who aren't old enough to have watched a movie before. I'm sorry. <laughs> <This is their laughs> just, I know movie. I'm getting hyperbolic, but like, I'm just like, I, it was one of those things where I watched it and I was like, well, that was really boring. And there was, there was some sense of relief knowing that I never have to see it again. And now I'm, I've seen it again and I'm like, damn, it's <laughs> a tragedy. Yeah, that is interesting to hear actually. Cause I was, th- I was thinking that while watching it. Cause it's like, oh, the, the way it's structured is like for that first watch surprise type thing. So I don't know how this would play out knowing all the beats and it's disappointing to hear that but it's just the way it goes sometimes yeah i guess um the sardonicas version of uh, this type of concept is just being john malkovich the sardonic take on the body swap uh, (laughs) realism of what might happen with that kind of situation who would i swap bodies with probably alex if i had a choice (laughs) oh so you can have covid twice yeah, you're immune. <laughs> that, that's why. Oh, okay. At this point, you gotta be. <laughs> you got it twice. Yeah, I hope so. Jesus. For however many months. How long was it from be- between the first time you were infected and this time? It was like a year? Almost exactly a year. Huh. It was like the same month, I think. Really weird. Yeah. Be careful in a year from now. Fuck's <laughs> sake. <laughs> well, I think we've kind of stretched the your name thing as thin as it can go. And so did the film. I'm giving this one a yeah. 5 out of 10. <laughs> Rating didn't change. I kind of expected it to go down. But that, I'm like, yeah, high. this is fine. It's boring, it but like, I agree five. with you. It's like not for me. It's a tween movie, right? So like five, it's like 5 mm. is like nothing. So, so you'd give it a 1 out of 5. Considering how much you shit on it, though, I thought you were going to give it lower it. I, no, because it's. Be lower. I'm, I'm but I'm talking about my experience just, with it me. and how much I value it mm. in terms yeah. of like my own personal. And it's like just fucking stupid for me, you know. Like it's a fight. It's, yeah. it's not like terribly like animated shit. or anything, you know. Like I'm sure it mm-hmm. delivers for many people expecting that sort of thing. But yeah, five seems yeah, right for me. That's what I'd give it. The animation is very smooth and, and looks great. I'm not going to yeah. criticize it there. I guess that's why my my ratings are what three star. I'd give it out of five. It's definitely higher than you guys. Um, I think you could watch this movie and enjoy it just for the animation outside of it. But I mean, that's with ignoring a lot of the story beats. Uh, I don't really have any strong emotions towards this movie. It's just one of those, and in some ways, that is kind of the worst type of movie in a way. But Mm-hmm. I just don't have, a, there's just not enough here for me to get annoyed about. It's just so, <laughs> it's kind of exactly what it looks like on the tin in a way, even despite yeah. the crazy Japanese uh, like concepts being explored. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's just all right. It's just out of my wheelhouse. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Some nice landscapes and backgrounds. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's true. You know, Miyazaki was a god in filmmaking. Like he's up there with like, the best directors, like even Kubrick mm-hmm. or whatever. This yeah. is just not, this is not that. It's not really It's not that me. level, no. It's not yeah, really it's more that fluffy. Level. And it's, it's fine, more broad. but that's, that's more what I'm looking for, I think. 
Mm-hmm. Question time. All right. Let's do some questions then. If you want to leave your own for us to answer in future episodes, head over to the subreddit suggestion thread. Just like <laughs> my dick is very small. What's your favorite streaming service and why? I'm kind of we're talking about this a bit earlier. Um, but I've got to throw out Netflix for that one reason. That UI and just the usability of it. Like, just the way how when you stop watching something on, like... So you've got a tab open with Netflix open on your PC, and then you go to your TV. It's just, like, works. It's, like, the same place. Continues. The UI actually, like, functions. It loads. (laughs) It's pretty low bar, but, like, holy shit. It's got pretty good content on there. That's what I would say. It's pretty expansive. Whereas, like... When you look at the competition of it, trying to find anything on Amazon Prime is the worst experience. And, this, and like each TV season yeah. is like listed as like a separate thing. It's like a nightmare on there. Yeah. Yeah. Netflix just that. has it. Yeah. It's a winner for me at the moment. My my favorite streaming service is HBO Max right now uh, because of the selection. And I can, I can the handle content, the yeah. worst UI. I can handle that the first f- five seconds of anything when you press play looks compressed as shit. They need to fix that. There's things oh, they really? need to fix, but they're working on it. But yeah, the selection, there's like the quality of things that are there. What's funny is I'm apparently not even supposed to have it because I'm in Canada, but I'm sharing it <laughs> yep. with an American and I'm using a uh, VPN router. So, uh Oh, send the cops after me. I'm paying for a service <laughs> in a different country. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, if, if HBO, HBO Max had Netflix's UI, then it would be awesome. Yeah. I'm in the middle. I like the HBO Max selection, but I like the Netflix UI. So I'm I mean, yeah, HBO Max needs the Netflix UI. I just, yeah. the most things yeah. I watch are on HBO Max. It's terrible. I'm trying Is to watch really the wire and I want to rewind like 30 seconds cause I missed something and it like, you know, it just pauses for like a minute. And it sends me back two minutes in the in the file. Oh, the fuck? It's like awful. Like it's just terrible. <laughs> Netflix really has it down though. Yeah, that's um, the one so, I want. Yeah. But again, just bring it to the UK. Goddamn, more money. <laughs> Netflix just on has kind of crappy. Um, they have a kind of crappy selection. That's my thing. Netflix. But yeah, they're way more, especially their own stuff. It's way super inconsistent. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Definitely. They're doing well. They're like the new Hollywood. They yeah, are. they're the new Hollywood. Well, because they're the biggest streaming service, and so you're gonna have a lot of like normie movies. Yes, yeah, so they're like shit on the on the wall approach. <laughs> that's true, but you also get a good selection of stuff that's just I don't know, just like an original movie. Like if you're ever going on Disney Plus or Warner Brothers, it's some shit based on something else or a sequel or a remake. Netflix has good original say, stuff. Yeah, like Buster Scruggs or, is like, on there, even if it's not good. They got, they got some good shit. Yeah, Irishman. yeah, there's not. No yeah. good things. It's just you have to know where to find it. Most so. if if I hear that there's a new HBO, HBO Max, Max series is a great catalog, because if I hear that there's like a new HBO series, I'm like, oh, that could be good. But if I hear there's a new mm-hmm. Netflix series, I'm like, mm-hmm. I have no reason to think that that could be good. You know, I feel like the 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 brand, the, <laughs> yeah. it's like sure. a better seal of approval from. So, do you have HBO. more faith in the HBO Last of Us than you do the Netflix Cowboy Bebop? Like for example, sure, yeah, and I mean, I don't. I've only seen a bit of Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy, I don't bleep have bloop. faith in either. <laughs> I, I think that I think that last of us just what they do. fucking suck balls. Do you think so? 
That's my opinion. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Maybe it'll be the first good video game thing. If they just do, if they just tell the game of the first, if they tell the story of the first game, sorry, I could, I could see it being okay. Yeah, and if they rewrite the story of the second yeah, game, yeah, I think that would even be bad. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll see when they get <laughs> yeah, season two it. what they do. But... Mm-hmm. He's gonna play uh, Abby. They've already cast her as the angry girl, little girl from Game of Thrones. Oh, that, that's oh, Alan. sorry, Abby. No, no you're right. Abby, no, yeah, I misheard you. The muscle, the muscle bound yeah, miss- woman. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> That'll be played by me. <laughs> You're going to have to gain some muscles for that. Yeah, I'll, I'm working on it. I'm on a strict regimen for the role. Abby's got bigger arms than, like, Stallone. They're going to have to find some bodybuilding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she'll get played by, like, Ronda Rousey or something. Sarcastidon left one for us. Would you guys still subject yourselves to horrible movies like Army of the Dead, The Tomorrow War, and other garbage like it if you wouldn't be a YouTuber as the satisfaction to rant about it in a review or podcast afterwards? That's a good question. Because I haven't reviewed Free Guy yet, yet I saw that movie uh-huh. in a theater. And I just don't know what to say about it. Oh, you don't? What's your gut tell you on it's Free Guy? It's not good. Whoa, <laughs> what? White guy. White guy. <laughs> it's, called, it's called My Name for It's White Guy because it's just a movie about white guy going around <laughs> and they, they tell him what to do. Like, oh yeah, women are great. Women are important. <laughs> it's just like a bunch of bullshit like that. <laughs> you think it's bullshit that women are great and important? To be pandered. I know, I know what you're trying. I know what you're trying to say. <laughs> I know women are great. <laughs> women are better than men. You don't need to tell me. <laughs> well, if I if I was doing like an eight hour a day other job, then I would have to be more selective about what I watch, I guess. I wouldn't be able to watch something terrible and be like, well, this is technically work, and I'll talk about it on the podcast. There's tons of movies where I only watch it because it's recent, and it's on digital, and we can talk about it on the podcast. I don't think I would be watching Army of the Dead or The Tomorrow War if that if, if those weren't those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it's on the kind of morbid entertainment I can get out of it. Like, Army of the Dead, I get a morbid entertainment out of because of the whole Zack Snyder thing. And, but the Tomorrow War and stuff like that, that's the kind of movie I like really struggle to get through sometimes, you know, where it's like, it's just boring. Yeah. You watch like the first 30 minutes and it's like, okay, I'll watch some of it on the iPad next, like a next day or whatever. It's, it's just mm-hmm. certain tiers of movies like that. I mean, yeah, I probably wouldn't watch otherwise. Those are the best ones though. If you're kind of fed up with a movie, usually just if I go to a microphone, <laughs> I just yeah. get it all out. Oh yeah, it, <laughs> you know? yeah, that's, yeah. It's good for a video, but there's certain yeah. there's a certain tier like when when it's super boring or uninteresting in any way. When 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 the runtime's just dragging, those are the ones. Whereas I yeah. find, you know, just when there's some humor, when there's some morbid enjoyment, I can get, I can, I can get through it. Mm-hmm. Puff damn G C D R G N two left on for us. <laughs> Pardon the lengthy philosophical question. You guys often talk about how you enjoy bad movies or truly like bad movies, i.e. Madagascar, Fateful Findings, etc. Do you consider this proof that what is considered a good movie or good art is relative to each individual's perception <laughs> and perspective? Or do you believe that there's a universal criteria for a good movie despite the fact that you truly enjoy and like movies that you shit on slash criticize? We go this through this question to any so much. Video games? It's like mm-hmm. the ultimate question. The concept yeah, of the good, <laughs> whether you're re- relating it to Measurable film or not, is inherently subjective because there's no... You need a subject to be able to say... 
that something is good. Otherwise, there's no concept of that. That's just a human concept. So yeah, but if humans gather together and form yeah, a concept but, but then, of what's good, but then, then you would have to say it, that you call Hollywood, <laughs> right? Then then you can maybe have a standard, right? A standard at least of what is good. In in terms of like trying to take feelings about something or d- descriptors of of your experience you can phrase it in a way where you could say most people think that this sort of thing is good but i don't know like it, it, it's inherently subjective because brains are different and without the brain without the subject then there is no way to measure that so exactly humans are flawed they don't they're not always right i see film as like a, a cumulative art or slowly people have been adding to it and the good stuff stays and the bad stuff goes away or whatever the fuck, <laughs> however you want to say it. Um, I forgot what the question was. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, the, the relative nature of the perception and perspective. And is there a universal criteria for what makes a good movie? Yeah. So if you're going to say relative, I mean, there's a lot of people who would say like The Dark Knight is a good movie. <laughs> to disagree with it, I guess that's fine. But, you know, I feel like there is a standard for what is good and what is bad. And based on where you are and what place in time you are, mm-hmm. that changes for sure. You know, 50 years ago, what was good is definitely very different now. But I think there is a standard. And I think if you stay by it, you know, you could you could be very successful as a filmmaker or as a writer. Um, yeah. I don't think it's that complicated. You know what I mean? I think it is complicated because w- the way I view it is like I... I don't believe in any sort of absolute objectivity, whether we're talking about films or not. So if mm-hmm. we're if we're in mm-hmm. that, I'd argue that's what framing of conversation, like, you know, then mm-hmm. yeah, like on on a technicality, there, you know, you don't know the world exists outside your own brain, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But in order to function in a society uh, <laughs> that we live in. you need to be able to view things in a way where you have assumptions about consistency and so you need to you need to live your life as though there is some sense of objectivity in the world even though technically there is no proof for it so it's it's the difference between Mm -hmm. like a practical yeah like i i'm a i'm a determinist that doesn't mean i just sit around being like i i can't nothing's gonna happen anyway so uh nothing you know like it doesn't affect how i live my life in terms of like what i do Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of like a philosophical conversation where i'm like okay yeah technically this is how i believe things work if that makes sense absolutely but there's there are like standards over time that develop in terms yeah, of like yeah. rules of film. For example, like a token character. If you put a token character in a movie, it's mostly negative. Unless it's like South Park, the character token. That's funny. That's mm. obviously parody. That's a comment um, on the But if you put concept, in a movie, yeah. it's something to be criticized, you know, and that's not like it's not subjective. It's just like as as a as a species, we've seen many movies and we don't like that. <laughs> so don't write that because it's lazy writing. It's it's offensive, it's bad, it's not good. You know, so so steer away from that kind of writing. And there, you know, there are these standards that have kind of developed over time that I think, you know, some of them are bullshit. Some of them are bullshit. And I think over time, people kind of root those out, like sexism in film, racism in film. But overall, you know, things that say like shots that are in focus. I'd say a shot in in focus is better than a shot that's not in focus, and that's a standard. Mm-hmm. 
right? yeah but the, i mean <laughs> like it's standard then then you if you really break it down into like the hypotheticals if we're going to use the shot in focus or out of focus thing yes. then you have to consider things like the director's intent so it was the shot out of focus for a reason mm -hmm. and then you have to consider things like death mm -hmm. of the artist so right. like it, it, if the director didn't intend for it to be out of focus but the subjective viewer mm -hmm has a reason why that works better if let's say oh no it mm -hmm. reflects this thing about the character and how he's lost focus on his life in this journey in this context of that scene sure you could like make an argument for that too and that's that. why i say like on a technicality there's no objectivity but you're also Absolutely. right that like you know my entire presence on youtube is is saying like here's what i believe is wrong about this right that but but at the same mm -hmm. time because it's my experience and I'm saying here's what I believe is wrong about this. The subjectivity is implied despite or, uh, any kind of, you know, objective phrasing I might be using. So I, I could I could be like, this is this is wrong. Yeah. You, sh you, you can't do this because this is why and blah, blah, blah. But the subjectivity should be implied by the fact that there is a human being saying those things. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's why mm -hmm. that's why it's art. That's why it makes for interesting discussion because we can discuss these things, yeah. right? I think that's that's what makes it good. Yeah. And it's so amorphous. The more you try and pin it down, the more difficult it becomes. I mean, like, I think we tried to make it clear that enjoying and liking something is separate to trying to make the case when we think like an actual movie is good or bad. You know, like Ben and Arthur were not sat around trying to make the case that it's high art or anything mm -hmm. um it is something different i appreciate the message i like the message mm -hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. that means anything but yeah of course everyone can only assess things based off their perception and perspective yeah. is what you're saying it is just a right. collective art all we can hope for is for it to be educated an educated opinion based on other films and you know things that have worked before I think most people like certain movies, you know. I feel like there is a very universal response to good movies. Yeah. That's why I believe in them, you know. Like, get out. You can show it to anyone. They'd probably like it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's not like a universal criteria, but yeah, there are like existing examples and templates mm -hmm. of what does and that work changes and standards change and yeah. that's why it's yeah. art you know very we're here to too. discuss these things yeah very quickly like art can be relevant one minute and then not relevant the next and you know that's why i have immense respect for like directors and and uh filmmakers any film like that that's old especially like the longer it's held up like 2001 it's very hard to make a movie like that and to stay relevant for that long and I think directors really think about that kind of thing when they're making movies like 2001. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is one of my many yes and no answers, you know. It's, it's mm -hmm. both at the same time. Well, yeah. It's, it's no subjective. simple answer. It's, you know, it's always changing. And like listeners of us, you know, 10 years from now, they'll be setting the standards mm -hmm. for film maybe. And they'll like something else. And, <laughs> and the movies that'll come out will be completely different. I just think about how much film has changed in like the past 10 years. It shows you the standards of yeah, what, what people, people want, expect, how audiences change. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. How about this one from Swanglish92? Hey, Sards, hope all of you are well. French director Robert Bresson once said, a film is made three times, the script, the shoot, and the edit. Do you agree with this reasoning? And if so, which of these three stages do you think is the most important? Well, I would never say like only three times because you could 
I don't know. You could you could interject. You, it's it's you know you know like the god of the gaps sort of thing. Like you you can find two points and always find a point in between. You know, so right. it really Every depends on how you matters. define each right. part of the Even project. Even like the costume, because like guy. the script, you could you 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 had ideas conceptually before you make a script, and then it's like the shoot. I don't know, like between the script and the shoot, you might be doing like a read through with the actors, where it's like before the shoot, the script could change at that point too. So I would disagree with like the three points only as like some sort of uh like hard rule for that, and I guess what I would say is the most important honestly if i had to pick one it would be editing if i really had to pick one because like editing Mm -hmm. you can turn everything before Mm. that point you could still turn it to shit in the editing room and you could take something that's like maybe almost (laughs) destined to be shit and almost kind of save it in the editing room you know like the editing is like the is where you Uh create the actual film in my opinion Think about the power of an editor. He he decides or she decides whether or not you see something yeah. in the movie. And, you know, with hours of footage, that that means something. Like everything you're seeing in a movie is Yeah, and it can also determine like, like whether or not you would need, you know. I think that's a huge right? amount of power. Like are we going to consider like the sure. uh, mm-hmm. ADR part of the editing process cuz like that's big, you know. Like doing re-recording mm-hmm. vocal takes and stuff right. like that or like foley and all that. Editing is immensely important for what the film turns out to be. It it indicates the yes. pacing. I know? love editing. Mm-hmm. I don't think editors. I don't think editors get enough credit. I think it's the most no. one of the yeah. most important parts. Like writing, directing, editing. I think it's vital. Every movie is edited differently. Every single one. Well, yeah, you say writing, but and I agree with everything you're saying about editors. But I just feel like the DNA of the script, the concept, the ideas. If you don't have mm-hmm. that at its core yeah i know what you mean hardcore. but a script is also very there's a template you know like uh, obviously writers are very creative people but there's always an act structure there's always there's always something there that they can kind of not necessarily figure before the movie's done an editor i think they're i think their job is very malleable you know i think they i think they have to experiment really? depending on I think the they have project to do a lot to make a movie work really uh huh. Because they're like working with reality and trying to make it something tangible. <laughs> you know, I think it's mm-hmm. a very hard job being an editor. I really respect it. It's almost like a job of like a, it's like censorship. Almost they decide what you don't see in the movie. If I were to make an analogy about this, it would be like the script, like everything before the editing process, would be like the base stats or like the the class of your character or the difficulty on a video game (laughs) and then the editing would be like how you play the game (laughs) so like yeah like for a script like you need something it can be the core it can be the foundation and there's tons of movies where i've been like i love the presentation i love the editing but i wish it had a better script i guess the green knight might be one of those but yeah i mean at the end of the day the green knight's still like a six out of ten movie for me it's still a positive score despite me not connecting fully with it sure yeah and yeah it really it presentation is a lot editing is a lot um you have Mm -hmm. better tools to make a great film if the if the elements before the editing process are taken care of obviously but you can still make something with crappy tools you know it's still possible And I feel I feel that way about a script. I feel like you make a good movie with a bad script. Yeah, I know a lot of people don't say that. I think you can. I think you can. I think you make a bad script with. A, I think you can make a good movie with a bad director. I don't think you can make a good movie with bad editing. 
I don't think it's possible. Yeah, editing can really fucking kill a, kill a movie. No, I think you're right. I think if you add one extra scene in the movie, it's fucked. If you fuck <laughs> up one thing, it's fucked. The whole thing. And that's why I think editors are so valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they just straight up are one of those underrated. <laughs> I feel like a director's aspects. job, all they do is fuck up. Like, that's all a director does. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like on set, there's no way it could go right. Because it's reality. Everything's going wrong all the time. Yeah. Cameras yeah. don't work. Brains. Ca- actors don't show up. Crew doesn't show <laughs> up because they're sick. Whatever. Editor, you know, they, they, they take it and make it into magic. You know, that's how I see it. Movie magic. Movie magic. And it is magic. So does that mean we all sort of reject this this broad concept of the, the three... Um, sure. <laughs> the th- <laughs> script shoot edit thing? I reject any broad concept. <laughs> okay. Uh, what about this broad concept from Whiskey Food? <laughs> Andam has tendonitis, Alex has COVID. What will Ralph's affliction be? We'll see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> an imploding economy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you guys Jeez. can guess. I won't be offended, I promise. Hmm, your affliction. Hmm. Florida will secede and the Amer- <laughs> the rest will <laughs> of America will miss it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's a condition. <laughs> well, Florida might secede at this point. Them in Texas. <laughs> Texas has been talking about seceding forever though. Yeah, that's there's always one of those. There's a couple of those in Canada. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. get upset, you know. There's 50 states. How you get them to go you know, work together? Yeah, the, the states' rights <laughs> thing in America. It's like 50 different countries. Yeah, it seems so confusing. Basically, states have enormous amounts of rights. You are right about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. States are very different based on where you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all different laws. Yeah, they're very different. Uh, we have a messed up one here from CL1 Ford Close. What's your favorite film starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson? <laughs> I guess I'm going to look at his filmography. Good Wait, idea. Didn't, Ralph, didn't you I see like Jungle Book? Jungle Run? Jungle yeah. Book. Oh, Jungle, Cruise? Another, Jungle, Jungle Cruise? Jungle Cruise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which one? Make it clear. There's so many Jungle movies. Jungle Cruise is okay. You know. Okay. It depends on the role for him. You know, when he was that zoologist in, in a Rampage, I don't believe him <laughs> as that. In a... Really? In Jungle oh, Cruise, he's fuck. like a conquistador soldier or something. So I'm like, oh, okay. This big ripped guy? I could believe that. Oh, he's a free guy, apparently, according to his IMDb. He is? He's a bank robber number two. Oh, he's like barely in it. Oh, okay. No, I like Dwayne Johnson for the most part. Really? His best role? I like him in the Fast and Furious movies. See, he's one of those guys I can't just not see The Rock. He's always Dwayne mm-hmm. Johnson to me. I never see him playing a character. He's always he's just a the movie rock star. in a movie. Yeah, he's yeah, a movie star. Up. Yeah, and mm. I mean, like it. This question was picked as just a way f- to get us to say he's not in any good movies, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, <laughs> just be like, oh fuck! Like I have to pick one skyscraper. Done, you know? Like Doom. Unironically, Damn. skyscraper. I don't know what else I've seen that was better than. And I hate. It. I hate skyscraper. I me too. I don't know what I've seen with him starring in it that was better. Yeah, he isn't free guy. That's so weird. Like, does Jumanji? Moana count? I didn't finish. I guess that Moana. One. Moana. Yeah, yeah, I guess it'd yeah, be my Moana. Three out of ten me. skyscraper. That's my favorite Dwayne. I would say Fast and Furious Five. Skyscraper holds a special place. Yeah, but yeah, it's a good three out of ten movie. <laughs> 
That's funny. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne. I mean, good for him. He used to be a wrestler, and now he's an actor. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's on that grind. He's not just an actor. He's like the highest paid actor. <laughs> yeah, and he can barely act. <laughs> I know. It's like so it's, it's like the new yeah. Arnold sort of thing, you know, where you just get somebody who's really big <laughs> that people like, mm-hmm. and then you put him in things, and then Arnold was in better movies. Though is the thing. The movies make money, and that's then... true too. Arnold was in Terminator. Like... Yeah. Total Recall. He was in Arnold was in good movies, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, way better. At least what you'd yeah. call classics. Like no one's gonna remember Rampage like twenty what? years from now. <laughs> like they, they like they did Terminator Two or any of those. Yeah, that's why I think Moana is like the only one that has that kind of tier. The kids will remember that for Dwayne. Mm-hmm. I don't know about so I'm gonna tell a little story about Dwayne Johnson. Please. He tried to break some world record about. It was something to do with like cereal boxes. Like you made like dominoes out of cereal boxes, I think. Okay. Some shit like that. Dominoes. Um, but then my high school in Long Island beat him on his record. They beat him. <laughs> what? That's such a like, random... he, was, he, was try- he was trying to outdo my high school for like, I don't know, a couple of months or so with this fucking record and cereal boxes. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. Eventually he tweeted, let- yes, let's go carry high school. I want to see you guys break Guinness World Record we set last week. I'm working in Paris, but I'm there in spirit, rooting on, rooting you on. Yeah, what so it's a, it's a picture of Dwayne Johnson, and then a picture of like my high school gym, and it's like you know them knocking over the cereal boxes or whatever, trying to break the <laughs> That's record. That's so. Why is yeah, it the Rock so who's weird. like trying to do that? What does it have to do with him and his set of skills? It's so weird that like Dwayne Johnson, like of all yeah. people, wants to break like a record for some like high school. <laughs> like, why does he care? You know. <laughs> And that's, that's all we so were random. thinking, like the whole community, like why does Dwayne Johnson care? <laughs> <laughs> He's such an interesting guy. Like I, I feel like I know so much about him. His his fucking He's daughter so married the co-host of like Scorch's PFG I TV. I want to see him in more which movies. Is, like, some show. <laughs> yeah, I love him. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. You love him like a friend or like like a dad, like a bro, <laughs> like a father, like a bro. <laughs> <laughs> father Dwayne. <laughs> Yeah. Father Dwayne. Daddy Johnson. <laughs> Daddy All right, we can do one more. Johnson. Uh, okay, let's do this one from the Turd Muncher. Oh. Since we're getting a bunch of video games adapted into movies, what movies What movies would you want to see adapted into video games? Mortal Kombat's all I wanted to see. Fucking... Fuck I feel sad. No, no, no. Mo- movies that you want to see adapted into games. Reversed. Oh. Yeah, yeah, so the reverse. Oh, my bad. So, like, like Blade Runner would be my answer. Mm. Really? I'd be compelled no, to okay. pick something really boring. Like a dialogue game. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, fucking Jean Dealman. <laughs> Jean Dealman yeah. cooking simulator. Horrible Holy bosses, shit. The video oh, my game. God, please. <laughs> Jean Dealman oh cooking God. simulator. I reckon that, you that could make good. a game out of Jean Dealman. Yeah, it's just real-time cooking and cleaning. Yeah. How about, like, a This Is Spinal Tap? kind of game but it's like guitar hero yeah how about an open world mr bean game there's some movies that kind of feel like video games already <laughs> like uh hardcore henry you know where it's like that's just a that's like mirror's edge you know you're just kind of playing sure. mirror's edge when you watch that yeah movie. yeah it's like call of duty yeah what about a free guy game oh fuck you no <laughs> sorry i've remembered something completely different <laughs> <laughs> that was not my reaction. L- Lawrence of Arabia, the video game. I don't know if I mentioned it. I might have mentioned this many, many 
times ago, or sorry, uh, many episodes ago, there was supposed to be an Antichrist video game for PC. It got canceled, but it was going wow. to happen at one point. What? Like Lars von that Trier. Been cool. Isn't that fucking weird? Do you play as the fox? Yeah, I don't know. I think it was like a point and click or something. But <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to happen. And I was like hyped and then it just never happened. Wait, that reminds me. Aren't they, aren't they making like a game based on Vertigo or something? Mm. That would be cool. So, yeah, because we're just Usually, in this era of yeah. all these like games. Sorry, these movies turning into games and games turning into movies. So. Yeah. It's kind of a crossover now. Yeah, Alfred Hitchcock Vertigo on Steam. Right. There used to be a lot of like movie tie-in games. I remember whenever a game came out, there or whenever a movie came out, there would be a game like with it. No matter what it was. Like Batman Begins had a game. Uh, yeah. The Hulk. You know, all kinds of shit. Like anything you can think of. <laughs> um I don't know. Hmm. It's hard to translate them between each other. That's just my thought. I don't I didn't I wouldn't like it. <laughs> most of the time they come out bad like max Payne. yeah yeah the whole movie tie-in era of like the 360 you know king kong game and there's like a whole era of that kind of shit yeah and they were just yeah. trash just what are you adapting you know i don't know i guess i don't know if i have a real answer bad lieutenant poor call new orleans video game yeah fucking vampire's kiss video game <laughs> Any crazy Nick Cage will do. Anything. Hmm. There's like, you could do a Ready Player One video game. <laughs> it's just VR chat. Yeah. Yeah, or like Fortnite. Fortnite the movie? It'll happen. I'm surprised it hasn't yet, to be honest. I guess that's it for questions. And I got to recommend a movie, and I'm, I've am been struggling this entire time to try and pick one. Hmm. Just on my Blu-ray shelf, and I got like a bunch... Just on IMDb here. I've got like there's there's a lot to pick from, but I'm just trying to I don't know why it's so difficult for me to pick one right now. Go with your gut. Don't tell me. What that. does your gut tell you? <laughs> okay. Oh, really? okay, go with your heart then. Go with your heart. Okay. My heart says her by Spike Jones, twenty thirteen. I haven't okay, seen cool. it in a while. You yes, would have regretted okay, cool. me going with awesome. my gut. We'll save that for another time. Oh, do I want to know? Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> All right, 2013, Spike Jones, her, H-E-R. Awesome. Not H-U-R-R, but H-E-R. <laughs> Check it out before the next episode uh, if you don't want to be spoiled. These episodes come out every two weeks, although, yeah, no, the next one will still come out two weeks from now. We're just recording it early. Anyway, yeah, if you want to hear the episodes early as they're edited, sardonicast.com sign up for premium it's only two dollars a month also patreon.com slash sardonicast it's the same thing also we got merch also send me some more fan art post it on the subreddit there yeah. is there a hashtag on twitter i think let's see hashtag sardonicast fan art yep there's a hashtag that there's only hashtag. like one post on hashtag, hashtag. oh fuck hashtag. don't remind me <laughs> yeah post on the subreddit it'll be most likely a place for me to see it twitter hashtag sardonic hast fan art send some fan art they might be in the at the beginning of the youtube uploads all right uh have a um, happy shrek again with the shrek <laughs> it never ends it's love and it's life ralph shrek love yeah Make me a handsome Tokyo boy. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.